and welcome everybody. Happy Halloween tomorrow. Hey, <laughs> do you have something to put up there? Like a sound? <laughs> Waiting, Nathan. <laughs> Some sort of... Oh, that's... <sighs> oh, that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, it's the day before Halloween. And today we have on our special guest, not this is going to be a surprise to anybody, but it's a it's a two-bagger. This is the Matt Shea Morning at KKNW. He was just on Matson Mitchell, and now he's going to be on our show. So who knew? You know, I booked him, and then they booked him today, too. I just thought that was so funny. So anyway, yeah. And so today, um, this is the Jupiter Rising show right near here, by the way, you know who I am. Um, I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and we're going to be doing, for the special celebrity of the week, we're going to be doing Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Um, for some reason, he f- came into my brain earlier the week, and there was something about him doing some sort of big interview with some t- TV host, which he never does because he's very much of an introvert. And he's going to do that, and I thought, oh, now he would be good as the celebrity of the week. And I said, oh, let's do it, because I figured that his birth information, his full birth information would be on the Internet, and it was. I found it. So I've got his chart right here, and we're going to look at it a bit and uh, talk a little bit about him and who he really is, I think, because his his musical talent is unsurpassed just by, by about everybody. So anyway, okay. And we're going to do other stuff, too. But mainly we're going to have our guest here, Mr. Matt Shea. He's going to give us some good old ghost stories, aren't you, Matt? Oh, I've got them. I've got my gun loaded. (laughs) Oh, well, boy. Figure of speech. I don't carry one of those things. Oh, no. Don't use it on me, please. Anyway, um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing that. And when when we get back, we're going to be doing the Astro Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. I love that song. Um, last night when I was thinking about uh, talking about him today, we usually like to put the number of theirs or somebody's who's going to be on the show, have it on to lead in with this. And I thought, well, what am I going to use? And this is the song, the song that popped into my head immediately. And I said, well, that's it. That's it. This is one of my favorites of theirs. And so anyway, Brian Wilson, he's the founder of the Beach Boys, and he has unparalleled music t- musical talent. I was reading his biography on Wikipedia, and it was so much written about him, I couldn't possibly get it all in on this. But um, I'm going to talk about basically his highlights in his chart, which makes him who he is. So his birthday is June 20th, 1942, which happens to be two days after Paul McCartney's birthday. Interesting. 
and he was born at 3.45 a.m. Pacific War Time in Inglewood, California. And so he is a Gemini. He has Taurus moon or Taurus rising. He has Virgo moon. So it's it's interesting because um, he's got a lot of earth there, but he's got a ton of air. And um, from what I can tell, I was looking at his planets, whether or not they are any stationary planets. And it seemed to me that even though I had to stretch it a bit, it seemed that he had both Mercury and Neptune stationary, which is so perfect because of his his mental illness that he had almost his whole entire life. I don't even know what kind of mental illness he had, a whole lot of them, actually. But let's take a look at this chart for a second. Taurus rising. Now, he's a big guy. He played high school football. He was played quarterback on his foot on his football team, you know, and he's kind of well-rounded and, and big and husky. And that definitely denotes the Taurus rising. Taurus rising almost, you know, the rising sign is how you look to people, how you physically present yourself and what your personality is. So it's if you see Taurus rising, you can expect the person to have a thicker body, almost like a bull body, you know, like the bull. And so he definitely has that. And um, so he also had um, the ability, because of Taurus being ruled by Venus, and Venus is about beauty and also creativity. I mean, there's the first signature right there of his musical ability, you know. And he also had Venus right above the ascendant, which means it was in his sort of subconscious land. But that's basically, you know, he had music just fall into his head, sort of like Mozart, just all over the place. He had so much stuff in his head. And, you know, he had creative periods, and then he had not all creative periods. Things just didn't work out. And he was very much, in, and there's some other things I want to talk about here. There's a ton of stuff, actually. He had what we call the South Node, which is a pathway of his, his uh, previous lifetime, in Pisces, that's a musical lifetime. By the way, this is the same uh, nodal axis that Mozart had, not to say that he was Mozart's, you know, reincarnation, but um, to have a south node in Pisces means you come in with musical ability and artistic ability, you know, without even thinking about it, he would do it, you know. So, and then also, because of his reclusiveness, he never wanted to get out in the public. He never really wanted to go and perform because he wanted to be inside. And he has almost all of his planets except one, and that's Venus, below the horizon of the chart. Okay, nothing above the horizon. If you have a, a you know the circle on the on the chart, you know, and there's there's circles, and then you have different segments of it, which are houses. When you have six houses above. And you have people have planets up there. Pretty much they are extroverted, not necessarily extroverted, but out, outwardly driven, you know, to to go out and get input from people and being very, very social. But if you have most of it below the horizon, that means you are basically pulling within and you don't necessarily need a lot of input. So um, he was definitely a loner. He didn't want to do stuff with people. Um, and his... The thing about his Mercury possibly stationary, I say possibly because I'm not sure how wide a range we want to give this, but it's a few, couple of days or three days difference between when he was born and when Mer Mercury stationed. Okay, so that's that's almost enough because Mercury takes a very short time to go through stuff like this. 
But then you have Neptune going station, and that was also about three days difference from his from the birth. So Neptune is more likely to be a stationary planet than it would be Mercury. But still, Mercury in his chart is retrograde too, okay? So it's got some intensification there. You know, you look at what Mercury retrograde is, it means that you are really learning, relearning to do that function of the planet again. And the basis of that is that It assumes that you haven't learned enough about the Mercury function. And by the way, Mercury rules the sun sign, Mercury in Gemini. It's in his own sign. So it's, um, he was all about accumulating information and, and diverting himself through all sorts of different things to do. So, um, so what I'm saying here is with the Mercury retrograde, that's the only, only planet in his chart that's retrograde which is interesting, seems to like be a beacon here. It's screaming at me going, notice me, notice me, you know. And so he was always looking to educate himself, to learn about psychology. He had a big a study with some guy named Landy, Landy when he was in his, I'm not sure how old, but he, he did an intensive thing with him where he basically took care of him. The guy moved in with him to take care of him. You know, he was psychologically, you could say he's unbalanced. I wouldn't say that. I would say that he had an extremely brilliant mind, and his mind was so brilliant that he couldn't keep hold it down. It was like, you know, we go off and then come back and go another direction, and it, and it would look like he was, you know, 20,000 different uh, psychological uh, things there. But basically, you know, you have on his ascendant, you have Uranus sitting right on his ascendant means he's a rebel. He rebelled against everything, of course. So it it's kind of stands to reason. And Mercury, or Uranus and Gemini, too, so that... And he has um, Saturn and Gemini right next to it. That basically means that he had some abuse from his father. So he was trying to get out of that structure, that Uranian structure on his ascendant, where he, he dared to be different than everybody else. If you've got Uranus or Aquarius rising on the ascendant, you are definitely a daredevil. You really are. So when this happens, he had Saturn and Uranus right next to each other. So Saturn is father. And Uranus is the rebel. So there's this rebellious thing going on with his father to get away from him so he could have his freedom. So then that was happening right on his ascendant. So it happened right out there where everybody saw it. So anyway, let's see what else he's got. Okay, now he had a really intensely big, huge temper. He had Pluto, Mars in the third house and Leo. So that's a pretty strong drive to want to be front and center in front of people. But he also had a Virgo moon, and Virgo moons tend to be very analytical, self-analytical. I have one of those, so I can vouch for that. But it's also next to the North Node. So this tells me that he was very much in favor of self-analysis, and it's in his fourth house. So he's digging under the surface of the, of the skin to dig into what's going on with him, to figure it out. And I think he was probably fairly analytical and to the point where he could be obsessive. This is obsessive compulsive disorder is the is the thing that um, the pathology of Virgo when it goes south or goes rogue is tends to be obsessive compulsive. So he may have been that. So there's all sort of all sorts of things going on in here mentally with this guy. So we just don't know all of the stuff that he has. But I was reading this thing, and it pretty much fit what I was looking at. So. Um, 
unfortunately, you know, he, he well, or fortunately, he channeled all of his mental activities into his music. You know, and Neptune here in the fifth house, oh, ultimate creativity, just so creative, so un- unbelievably creative. So anyway, we could do this for like a whole nother hour because it's so char- his chart is so interesting. But, you know, and it doesn't surprise me either the way this is. So anyway, we're going to take a break and that's it on him. It's very cool. And when we get back, we're going to welcome our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to NuPro, that's N-U-P as in Peter R-O, NuProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 31st, Walter Stoffel joins me again to begin my series of teaching shows. Walter will be my student and sounding board, and I'm going to teach all of you as much of everything I know as possible. Better be here for this. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now we're going to bring our very special guest, which will be no surprise to everybody who listened to the last hour. This is Mr. Matt Shea. How are you doing, Matt? Fantastic. And a happy Halloween to you and Nathan. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, I always, that, I like that piece. It's cool. Anyway, so it's, it's funny. I keep thinking we should have all sorts of decorations in here, but that's okay. Anyhow, so let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to actually first start off with a little bit more about Brian, Brian Williams. Yes. Uh, or Wilson. I have me. some tidbits about him. I marvel at Sir Paul McCartney, Beatle. Yeah. And he said his favorite song is a Brian Wilson Beach Boys song, God Only Knows. How about that? He got so much out of it, he will share it with his children. Wow, and I, that's Paul the one McCartney I picked for today. himself, Sir Paul. Oh, wow. And then Leslie Gore, I loved her stuff because she wrote her stuff in high school. Her California Night song had a tremendous amount of help surge from Brian Wilson. Interesting. And that let it cross over to be what it became. Wow. But I have a family story about Brian Wilson. Okay. I'm one of six kids. We were not rich, but we were not poor. We ate well. Mom and dad were great. All Everybody in the neighborhood was always in our living room. Uh-huh. But when we moved on, mom and dad now had the money to travel and see the world. They went to Hawaii, and they came back with a story. They were staying in a very nice hotel on the top floor, and there were people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, very congenial, but they were up late making a social kind of noise. Oh. Noth- nothing rambunctious, but just socializing that. And so my parents very tactfully gave a report saying they're the most wonderful people on this floor, mm-hmm. but we'd like to get to sleep. It's past midnight. Yeah. There was a knock on their door shortly later. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, and my dad came back, Frank Shea, traffic, and they shook hands. My parents did not know of the band or them, uh-huh. and they felt so awful when they got the report because they had rented that room for their band, their roadies, their oh, tour okay. friends. Yeah. And so they had a nice visit with my parents, moved them to the other side of the island 
where the suite was so fantastic that they didn't want to leave the room. Mm-hmm. And they were so cordial. And I asked Dad, have you ever heard of the Beach Boys? And he drew a blank. So I played some of my records. And I liked that stuff. And I kind of, I said, that's who you met. And uh-huh. I said, uh, how American, how wonderful those guys. Now, where did this happen? This happened in Hawaii. <gasps> okay. Right. He used to go over there a lot, I think. Yes. Yeah. But when you get people in the spotlight, and especially entertainers, they get a horrible bum rap because they need privacy. I was always raised, my mom said, the worst thing ever is an invasion of privacy. Right. And that's every day they get, 24-7. Oh, sure. And then yeah. these are the true stories of who that they really are. So when you mentioned a Brian Wilson and like, I like that side of the fence. Wow. I mean, it's amazing that you, I picked the song that the song that you were talking about, you know, and because last night when I was sitting there going, okay, we got to play a song by Brian Williams or Brian Williams. Where am I getting Williams from? Wilson. And I thought, God only knows. So I think that's the first song. I thought that's it has to be that. Yeah, because I think that's a wonderful song. And so, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. And, you know, and that really shows that that Brian Wilson didn't really care about hierarchy in no. society. He paid the all. price of being the independent he was, but he shared it. He backed it up. Yeah, and he shared it with people that were just kind of walked in off the street. Well, speaking of walking in off the street, they had an encounter with Charles Manson. Yes, I know. Because Charlie Manson was a fair guitar player, and he auditioned in front of Brian. Yeah. And Brian said, you're not of this level. You don't have it. Right. But Manson wrote songs, and he even wrote a song that the Beach Boys produced under a different name and played it on a yeah. TV show. and they played it without his permission. Got it for, from Yes, they had to change permission. the title and everything. Yeah. But Manson, number one, wanted to be a rock star, yeah. and he always thought the top, so rock star Beach Boys. Right. And not to tarnish the Beach Boys' name. No, no. When they, was... when they caught on what he was, yeah. they had separation. Yeah, and he, for, at first... Uh, when they drew him into, it was Dennis Wilson's house, I know they stayed at, and had brought all of his little cohorts with him. You know, he says, ooh, Charlie's got all these women, you know, and he's just really kind of this guru type, you know, and then after a while they kind of got wind of exactly how he was, you know, it showed when it came up to the surface. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was... That's a whole nother history thing that I'd rather not get into. But, you know, but it, you know, they they mixed and matched with everybody. So what the heck? Oh, yes. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, thank you for adding that because um, I think that was kind of um, amazing that you picked the song. I picked the song that Brian, Brian Williams, that, you know, Paul McCartney liked of his. So Paul McCartney's know. favorite song. Yeah. Two Days Apart and Birth. Yeah, Are they? Yes, two days. Yep. Wow. He was born um, January or June eighteenth, nineteen forty-two. That's Paul, and and uh, Brian was born on June June twentieth. Two days. Yep. Okay. Yep, that's pretty amazing. So um, I think the chip doesn't fall too far off the block. You know, when you have that kind of thing. Who was ever born in June at that time in nineteen forty-two? But you know what the heck. You know, it's pretty amazing. So. Anyway, let's talk about some of your ghosty stories that you've you've done so much since I've seen you last. And let's talk about all of them. (laughs) What I've noticed is that more and more communities are talking about this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
And when you have a particular place that lays claim to be haunted, it seems to be the entire street, mm-hmm. not just the one structure. Okay. And I've had many people in my area, my town of Marysville, say you should go up to Anacortes. They've mm-hmm. really got stuff going on up there. Well, I did. A few months ago, I was there at a restaurant. It was called the Island Grill. Mm-hmm. And I, I do as I do. The server's very nice. And I said, hey, I got to ask, do you ever have any type of phenomena here? Is there any type of spiritual activity that kind of gets your attention? She says, we are haunted. And mm-hmm. she told me that years ago, that building used to be a bank, because this is the building out of the 1800s, and that it was a well-devised heist mm-hmm. where the robbers stole the money, ran down the street, and there was a cove. They got on the boat, and they got away. Right. But they said, in this building, this room, things move in the kitchen. We get shadows. We get these icy, cold feelings passing through us. And it was a type of room where you had a wall dividing it in half. And so when I walked around looking and looked at the other half, people came up. They're nice, and they could tell I was up to something. (laughs) And I told them about the radio shows, and they say, stay in this room for a few hours. We come here all the time. You're going to see stuff. You're going to see something move. You're going to see shadows in that. Wow. And so they said the whole town is that way. Well, Mm -hmm. okay, now I got a gold mine here. Yeah. And so we have a place called the Majestic Hotel, which was from the 1800s. And it was a hotel where they uprooted it, put it on logs, moved it, I believe, five blocks. And while it was suspended on the logs, they built a downstairs to it. Mm. Okay, my dental assistant, her and her daughter all used to live there, mm-hmm. used to work there, excuse me. And she said, tragically, they lost a woman in a bathtub. She was drowned many years ago. Oh. They were cleaning that room, and all of a sudden, the tub geysered water, and one of them was body slammed in it. Oh. They're being held while this water is, being, is cascading on them. Mm-hmm. And they got out of there quick, naturally. Another gal I was talking to, she used to work there, and she said that she saw a woman materialize through a wall, and she was dressed from the 1800s and her 30, and just kind of walk around the hall and then return. Mm-hmm. This happened broad daylight. It wasn't too scary because of the situation. She kept it to herself. Her sister stayed a week in that hotel on the same floor, she herself saw that mm-hmm. and immediately went out in the parking lot and stayed the night in her car. Oh, wow. They brought in the ghost people there, and they would get the orbs going through the, the yeah. lobby and so forth. Right. And just by word of mouth, there's an awful lot to it. But you go up the street. I was at the Calico Cupboard, and the Calico Cupboard is a quaint uh, breakfast and lunch place And they said, of course, we're haunted. They say every day we see this, we see that, the shadows. But you got to watch out for the pizza place down the street. (laughs) And I have got to look up the name of that pizza place because when I went to the Rockfish, they did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They said, this is a fun town, and yes, we have our stories, but you want to stay away from this one place. Oh, the pizza place. Yeah, and so I had to at that point. Okay. And let's see. This is in Anacortes, right? Yes. Okay. You got it right here. He's looking it up. He's looking it up. I am. And what kills me is I was talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. 
just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Village pizza. Village pizza, folks. Remember, never go up there if you're going to... Well, you could go inside. And eat. But that organ ma- music that Nathan just hit, they said, but stay away from the attic. Classic oh. B-movie B material. Oh. And so opposite ends of Commercial Avenue are forewarning me. Okay. Well, of course I go in there. Classy place, great pizza, fun people. They said, yes, a lot of things happen here. The shadows, things will fall over, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the stairwell was right there, plain as day. It was sort of a public-type stairwell with the carpet going up. So I didn't ask. I went. Oh, I went up the, the stairs. You bet, without permission. Do, uh-huh. do you know me any other way, Eileen? No, no, you wouldn't do anything Well, else. the second floor had a convention room. It was very nice. They were setting it up for some type of convention. I was talking to the person setting it up. And I said, yeah, I heard that this building has things. She says, well, it's really the addict we're talking about it. And she pointed at the door, and she said, that door leads to the attic. Oh. May I go up? Yes, you may. <laughs> so here goes. I open up that door. It is a steep stairwell that goes for quite a ways. Right. You have to lean forward and hold on to the railing. Okay. And, of course, it creaks as you get up there. And when I got up there, I'm in this bare room, wooden room, bare light bulbs hanging from the ceiling, and it's a horseshoe shape, meaning that the middle of the room had a divider, but at the very end, you could cross over to the other half of the room. Okay. And so it was a storage room all right. Mm -hmm. It was an eerie feeling. I didn't see anything, but it had a sensation that stuff would happen there. Right. And then when I came back downstairs, I asked, why is this building with this reputation? She said, we used to be the town mortuary. Uh, That was the punchline. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, and so on the way out there. (laughs) And so up and down that street, every place I asked, they said yes. And they would take me to rooms and show me things but they would mention the old mortuary. Wow. They'd mention the attic. The whole town knew about it. What was in the attic? What did they keep in the attic? It was Christmas decorations, wall hangings that could have gone downstairs, yeah. chairs that could be put into service. Oh, so Buc- that was right now, though. That's- yes, buckets of paint. It was a storage room, essentially, but supposedly that was the room where people would hear screams, voices, things thrown. The rule of thumb is you don't go up there alone. Right. Unless you're stupid. <laughs> I went alone. Uh, well, you know, you 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 take risks like that. I but, do. Yeah. And so do you think that that room, though, was maybe a maybe a room where they did autopsies or something like well, that? Well, it's a stairwell going up there, so it seems to be way out and left field. Yeah. And then these haunted hotels I go to, somewhere... Off the beaten path is that nook and cranny where right. they seem to dwell like, hey, this is our space, get out. Right. And so I'm kind of, I'm taking that guess. I think that's what it was. Okay. Uh, they got to go somewhere to kill time and be left so alone. So that that's probably their lounge, my guess. Yeah. And it, you were talking about that they, people have heard screams and all that kind of stuff. All of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that makes me wonder if there was something that going on up in that room. You know, there could be history. There could have been foul play, and a spirit is there to make, to call out. Now, when I went down the street, they had the Rockfish Bar and Grill, a fun place, and it's an old brick building. Mm-hmm. 
that actually had two other businesses attached. Mm -hmm. The middle business is now vacant. It used to be the H2O bar. And Uh they told me that one day a crew went in there and they were startled seeing someone. So when they turn around to introduce their friends, that someone disappeared, was not there. Ew. Eek. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, we've got to take a break really quick here. And when we get back, we're going to be talking to Matt some more about his ghost stories. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Deidre Combs, an expert in conflict resolution, who has great things to say about coming to terms with people problems. The way of conflict can point us to the path of successful living. On Saturday, Adam Schack, the passion doctor, is featured in this encore presentation from earlier in the year. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10, right here on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, your host. And this morning we have on the guest that was here the last hour, and that is Matt Shea. Matt, welcome again. Thank you very much. Getting back to Anacortes, this is all up and down Commercial Avenue. Uh-huh. The Rockfish is a classy place, mm-hmm. and when they first opened their business in that building, because it's held many businesses in, in that room, they said that it was volatile, that oh. things were being thrown out of the kitchen, slammed. Oh, it had a lot of velocity to it, where <laughs> they took me into the kitchen, and they showed me a crucifix because they brought in a priest to perform an exorcism. Oh, yeah as they did across the street at that hotel I mentioned. Makes sense. So I'm looking at this crucifix. It has the American flag with it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And they said that they had those who would not set foot, employees would not, unless that crucifix was up on the wall. And they tell me things have happened, such as they could hear the Italian restaurant that also shares the building. When they walk down the hall to use the bathroom for the employees, right. They could hear silverware and stuff, mm-hmm. chiming and chiming, even though it's one in the morning and nobody's in there. Interesting. They would feel somebody grab your hair, kind of tug on it, not violently, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of affection with it. Oh, okay. The girls did. So stories like that, and of course, shadows, voices, chairs moving and stuff. Wow. That's really something. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, let's talk about something else that you've done recently. Um, So Anacortes is probably really a hot spot for you with uh, extra um, paranormal stuff. Both sides of the street, up and down. Okay, that would be interesting to go visit those places. Um, I had recently, I went to the, um, what was it? It was in Tacoma. It was uh, um, McMenamin's, you know, and it was right there on the Salt Flats. And um, it was built in 18-something and refurbished and and just not recently, maybe even the last 10 years it reopened under, under newer management. And uh, I remember walking into that place and I felt like I wanted to turn and walk right out of there. You know, it, it was... Um, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't necessarily feel any people here, but I just felt there was all these different floors 
and they didn't make any sense of the things would go off in a direction and they tail off and you can't get out of there and come out. Of you know, it was just weird the way that the building was constructed. It was a big, it was a big hotel, but then it was big, it was redone in a big uh, restaurant, but it just had some of the weirdest energies I've ever seen, heard, heard people in where we were, there were people sitting up on the ceiling watching us, you know, I could, t- I could feel it. And I said, what are you guys doing? You know? And so it was just a we. I, you know, I don't necessarily know if I really pick up stuff, but I really did in that place. It was really, really interesting. You oh, should go see that place sometime. A week ago, I tried to be the ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> I was looking at the renowned tip-top haunted hotels in Seattle, and I mentioned this the previous hour with Gary and Suzanne, but I booked a room in the Sorrento, and the uh-huh. person on the phone and the person at the front desk, they would say it is room 408. It's the fourth floor, but particularly that room. Now, a little trivia, Alice B. Toklas, who invented the marijuana brownie in 1954, she used to live there, and she's supposed to be their wow. featured ghost there. I didn't know she lived up here. Yes, she went to the University of Washington. Son of a gun. And she, her aberration, is that the right word? Yeah. It has been seen outside, walking around the building, mm-hmm. dissipating in the lobby, and of course the fourth floor. Oh. And so I check out room 408, and the moment I opened it, I felt greatly go away. I've gone to many of these places that have a lot of history to back up the claim. Mm-hmm. This was the one that terrified me. Really? This is the one where I ducked my tail between my legs. And so I you wanted... walked out of there and didn't go in that room? Well, initially I went in the room, looked around, beautiful corner room, overlooking the city, the buildings, everything, yeah, right. just beautiful. It's a beautiful hotel. The bed was incredible, didn't mm-hmm. lay in it, just looked in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and then they had an incredible gray marble, gray and white marble bathroom mm-hmm. with a toilet around the corner and looking cranny, mm. and it was just eerie. Mm-hmm. So I put my belongings, my little travel bag with a toothbrush and all that stuff. I laid in the bathroom sink and I got out of there. Whenever I'm in these places, I look to see if it's desolate. Mm -hmm. When I am walking down a hall and I'm on a floor in an elevator by myself, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being singled out. Okay. That's how I felt. You feel like you're being watched or something. Do Mm -hmm. I ever? I feel like it has a mark for me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm back yeah, down. So you don't feel alone, in other I, words. I am back downstairs. They were wonderful. The front desk is telling me stories. The night shift manager took me in the bar, gave me a pot of tea, told me stories, wow. brought cooks in, brought assistant managers in, other help. Dang. They, all, they all had stories, and they say, yes, all the time we get the paranormal societies here. We get the ghost shows and everything. Mm-hmm. There was a couple who were into the paranormal societies that rented out room 408 because they know of that. And the wives got permission to go down to the basement and play a recording. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did that is the cooks in the kitchen claim that the dumb waiter often has the cries and screams of women that are Uh-oh. coming from underneath the building. Oh, oh, that's So cool. they went down there and of course it had to be at midnight and they came back to to the front desk, and they say, we don't know if we have anything. They played the recording back, and they could hear a male voice saying, 
there are a lot of people down here. Wow. Oh, it was a very clear voice? Did, did it they say? was not clear. It was sort of with the echo chamber and down there like a different octave, a different hue. Okay. But when they played it back, they could pick that up. Wow. They heard a man's voice saying that. And then the cooks told me that there's a stairwell near the kitchen entrance. And on the top of the stairs, they often see the ghost of a blonde-haired woman looking back down at them, and she disappears. Right. But the cooks see this on occasion. Uh-huh. And so the whole story has that boiling point to it, the right. whole hotel. I checked out of that room. I was at the wit's ends. You didn't want to stay in that room, obviously. No. When I was leaving it, I heard what I thought was a groan. Uh-huh. And this is the first time I crossed over and got something tangible, something that met me halfway. Yeah. That groan was distinctively not the door. Mm-hmm. I would swing the door. They were not in harmony to begin right. with the sound and that. But uh, I don't think I imagined it because I go to all these places, mm-hmm. and this is the one where it happened. Right. So when I went downstairs, they said, now that you're checking out, we have some updated stories. They said a couple days earlier... A couple rented that room, not knowing of these haunted stories. And when they opened it, they saw the ghost of an old woman looking directly at them, and she dissipated. They went downstairs, and we want another room. And I'm (laughs) surprised you would think they'd go to the other part of town. Right. Then they said a few weeks earlier, a couple was in the hotel. They were in that room, didn't know anything. The man watched his wife get up to go to the bathroom, and he saw the ghost of a little boy follow her. Wow. This hotel has such stories. Now, here's the pinnacle. My daughter, Laura, you know her. She says hi. Right. And she was supposed to be here had she not worked. Uh, Come on, Dad, come on. She's going to rent out the room because her ghost of Mr. Chicken Dad, me, is now going to stay there now that I got a buddy system. Right. So it'll be a dad and daughter night. We'll talk about things, walk around, have dinner. And um, brave the night there in that hotel to see if anything happens. Uh huh. Wow, that's that's really something. You know, I'm thinking that you know, obviously there's a fair amount of paranormal activity that's going on in that hotel, but that one room, far away, should probably have a warning on it before people walk in there. You know, it might scare people. I realize, but. To have a little thing, a plaque on the door says, we are haunted, go in at your own risk type of thing. It's either going to push people away or bring the mats in Yeah, closer. right. I mean, e- either way, I mean, you're not really giving or taking away business. But if people go in there knowing that that's a possibility, they might go in, ooh, cool, let's see what that's about. Yes. Yeah, rather than, you know, finding out later on and finding out that that room was haunted, you know. And, I mean... It just seems smart to me to do that. And it could be a real moneymaker, too, to have that room. Do well, the that. stories are out there. You just got to get on the Internet. And, again, Seattle, when you look up haunted things, it's one list after another. Oh, the I hotels, know. they're usually toward the very top of it. Yeah. But I was there. And, again, for recent years, I've been doing research, investigative reporting. This was the first and only time I got scared out of something. Yeah, that's that's a marker, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a milestone. Yeah, that's you know, I know I know of the hotel. I've been in the hotel, it's beautiful. But um and when was that hotel built? Nineteen oh nine. 
certainly old enough to be haunted. It is. Yeah. Now, we're talking about Halloween, and my daughter, who lives in the Queen Anne area, Lower Queen Anne, mm-hmm. we went to Upper Queen Anne, and the reason why is they have fabulous restaurants, but a lot of those houses, the way people oh. do it at Christmas time, yeah. they put on a show, and this one house, it had it all, including the ghost noises coming from the speakers. <laughs> yeah. But it's incredible. It was so neat to walk around because I like an old-time Halloween, and I get upset when it becomes more and more of an adult holiday and yeah. the kids are losing out on their social right. because there are places that have trick-or-treat, mm-hmm. daylight time, or in a shopping mall, supervised with parents, and the kid could be a cowboy, a princess, a dinosaur. It could be anything they want. This is their social, and to always preserve that, that it's not taken away from them. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, it's, this is amazing how paranormal this whole area is. I mean, I, I've been down to, I think I told you I've been down to, we've only got one, 15 seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, we actually, um, I went with a bunch of people down to the Cooney Mansion down in Cosmopolis. There's a big old mansion that used to be the home of Mr. Cooney, who was a was a log baron down there, and since has changed hands and is now a training center. It used to be a bed and breakfast, which I used to, I stayed there several times. It was cool. I loved it, but there was a lot of ghosty people in there, especially in specific parts of the house, you know. And I remember sitting there, you know, I felt somebody grabbing my hair and pulling on it. You know, and um, my, the lady that owned the place was just looking at me with her eyes wide. She says, your hair is moving up and down. I says, I know. I'm not really sure what's going on here, but it's probably somebody that's curious about my hair. So, you know, um, it was kind of interesting. A lot of women in that house, a lot of women that are still left over there and want to actually transition over because they're stuck in the house. So it's really kind of sad, but it's interesting. It it adds, you know, interesting flavor when people come to visit that place. So it does. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just came, you know, to go to our psychic fairs there. They wanted to see the house, come inside and see it, which is one of the reasons they came, which I don't blame. It's a beautiful home, you know. So anyway, okay, we have to take another break here. And when we get back, we're going to be finishing up with Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Susan is a licensed agent in Washington and Oregon, helping people obtain security in their lives by providing insurance that pays for final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Right now, we have the open enrollment period. You've probably heard about it enough on TV. The ads are everywhere. But this is happening right now. It started on... um, uh, yeah, it started on October 15th and ends on December 7th. So if you want to find out about your medical coverage, if you're interested in changing plans, changing providers, you can do that too. You know, it's just a, basically a time where you can review what you have and see if you want more. So anyway, if you want to talk to Susan, you can schedule an appointment with her and you can contact her at Susan Bergstrom at the Medicare Exchange. Her phone number is 253-318-9379 for an appointment or 
You can email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. This is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show, and did you know that I do private astrological readings? If you have issues or problems in your life that plague you, perhaps an astrological reading would be just the ticket. I've had more than 30 years' experience in astrology, and there isn't much I haven't seen, so I know I can help you. You can contact me at 206-816-0546 or go to EileenGrimes.com to make an appointment. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here with Mr. Matt Shea on our final piece this morning. And he's got more stuff to tell us, so go ahead. <laughs> I love Halloween, and when I was a kid, Halloween night, our neighborhood looked like the Mardi Gras. I bet. There were just kids everywhere going door to door, and sometimes you could recognize a friend in his costume, sometimes you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it was just neat, and I hate to see that going away. Yeah. Uh, there are communities, I did a show on Coopville last year, they celebrate the entire month of October, Wow! but it's proper there. They have the caramel apples, they have the scarecrows, they have the parades. It is not cult, it's not what you would call witchcraft, it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Now, I was on a show recently, and we were talking about the invention, the introduction of Halloween, and I believe it came from Ireland, mm-hmm. and the concept was having kids dressed up at night to scare away what would be considered evil spirit, Mm -hmm. and then the gold standard, candy. Mm -hmm. You're doing a community service here. So as you walk around purifying us, you get candy door to door. Interesting. And so it started off with a good concept, a good notion. Mm -hmm. And so I like to stay on that side of the fence. Uh, People do horrible things regardless of what day, what holiday. But Halloween, I want the kids to have their social, the right. parents involved, the supervision. Yeah. And they could make it as fun and clean as they want to. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about Halloween is that it falls under the sign of Scorpio. No accident there. Because it's basically about... The difference between the dead and the undead. Okay, so there is a dividing line between that. There is, and and when you get to the thirtieth and thirty first, the dividing line basically goes away. You know, so dead or not, you know, people will have ghosts show up more or whatever it is. They happen to see more unusual things, but um, it's it's an interesting time for people, and and the spooky stuff comes out just because. It's natural to have that come out during the sign of Scorpio. I mean, it's rather, I think it's rather portends for something. But anyway, so did you want to say something? Well, there were few perks being raised Roman Catholic because we were surrounded by public schools. Mm -hmm. And so we got ridiculed for the uniforms we wore Mm -hmm. going to our school. But one of the things we had going for us is that Halloween was the day before All Saints Day. Yes. And again, that's why the concept was to rid the streets of evil spirits so that the saints could come into a pure world. Right. Well, that was a Catholic holiday, so we had the next day off. 
that meant there was no bedtime. Mm-hmm. We would trick or treat as late as we would dare, and mm-hmm. then our friends would stay over, and we would watch the Boris Karloff movies, oh. and of course, eating more candy than we were told to, <laughs> and what a what a holiday it was. Yeah, right, exactly. You sure had a sugar high, I'm sure, that for that Oh, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. You had your candy that mom and dad could monitor, but you had your stash. It's like a trucker. <laughs> yeah. They actually have two books. One yeah. of them is for the IRS. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's just too funny. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, that's why we're talking about this stuff today. You know, ghosts. This is when we're more likely to see one somewhere. And, you know, um, if you do see one, don't freak out. I mean, I think when you look at the the age of where we are right now, people are really investigating the paranormal a lot more. They're thinking it actually has some validity in our lives, that it does exist, where you have, you know, ghosts and, and people that have been here before that haven't quite left. They haven't gone to the other side, but they're still here, you know. And um, there's a lot of people who have had visitations from from people I mean, and on the other side of it, there's a fake side of it, you know, saying, well, we're going to go to Sharon Tate's house tonight and see if we can find her ghost. Yeah, right. You know, down in California after she was murdered. You know, like that happens a lot. And that was there was a lot of specials on TV when that happened. That was like about 15, 20 years after she'd passed away. And they went to one of the houses down there right very close to her, her place to see if they could talk to her ghost. And I watched it, and I went, oh, please, she's got better things to do than to do this, you know. So, you know, it was kind of it, it was kind of showing things off that didn't need to be showed off. And um, because, you know, we're all kind of fascinated with that kind of stuff. Oh, I, sure. Sure right. we are. Yeah. When, I, when I go out and about, I go for the guarantee. I'm looking for landmarks, right. buildings. Places that were the cemeteries, the streets are named after them, where generation after generation, this is where those communities were raised. Right. And then you have the selling points of the great restaurants, the parks, and then you get the byproduct of the folklore, the hearsay, because no matter who you're talking to, you're going to get those haunted stories. Yeah. May or may not be true. Maybe something yeah. was misconstrued, whatever. So it's a question mark. Yes. I very, well, the other day when I heard that groan sound, that was the first time I had something come back to me mm-hmm. in all these years and all the places I've been to. And I wasn't expecting that. I'm right. just admiring this 1909 structure that had a lot of history to it, mm-hmm. and the staff had their stories to go with it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting because I know that two friends of yours and mine, they do ghost hunts. You know, and they go to various places and sit in in there overnight waiting for the ghost to show up. Uh, You know, they asked me if I wanted to go, and I said, not really. You know, I just, I don't know, there's something, it scared me what they were doing. And and it still does bother me a little bit, so. Well, Pete, you know my friend Pete. He and Mm -hmm. I went to Ocean Shores, I think, week about a week or two ago. We went to the Gray Gold because that place is packed full of stories. Uh-huh. But my gosh, we hit one of the fun restaurants. We had fun of the hotel looking around. Yeah. We kind of cruised the area a bit and stuck our head in a few places. Mm-hmm. All those places had stories. We're hearing neat stories. 
we didn't see anything, but you're talking to someone who works there, raised there. Right. It's interesting. It's curious. That's but true. But we had the outing. We got to look at the ocean. We got. Right. We had the fireplace. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful down there. And yeah. we met interesting people. Yes, exactly. Well, listen, that is it for us this week with you. I'm sorry we have to cut this off. But, you know, it's been interesting as always. I love having you on to tell these stories. I like Brian Wilson. Thank you. That was that was a very special find this week. Literally just sort of fell in my lap, and I said, this is perfect. This is who I want to talk about. And I hope I did him justice because he was so unusual that how do you describe an alien, right? Because he's literally kind of an alien that kind of walked into his body, and there he is. You know, he had all these unusual talents. You know, and um, it, I mean, it, it shows in the chart, yes, but, you know, you have to explain it a little bit and kind of delve into why he was the way he was. He was a very unusual man. He had a, a really kind of not the best childhood. He was abused by his father. He cultivated the talent, the universal oh, language. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. all understand. And my parents, my parents had their life enriched because they met him. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he was probably just a regular guy when he met him. Too. That's all he was. He had yeah. no idea that they were looking at things. Yeah, that's just astounding. That's amazing to me. So anyway, thank you, Matt. We'll have you on again soon for something else that comes up, you know, as far as the paranormal and other stuff. And how's your writing going? How are you doing? It's going it? very well. I've connected with a few publishers, new ones, and I'm working on a story about a family battling over a family property who's going to inherit this when grandmother goes. I can relate to And that. it has a nice story to it, a very clean story. This mm-hmm. is the hallmark side of the oh, okay. forte. All right. That's great. That's awesome. So we'll stay in touch and we'll keep in, keep in track of what's going on with you. Okay. So what's going on next week? We're not going to be in studio, kids. I'm sorry. We're taking a day of vacation. Well, not actually. Uh, both Susan, Susan Bergstrom, who is my, my business friend, and she and I are going to be in a booth at the Boeing Parapsychology BEPC Conscious Wellness Expo. That is two days next Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, the 6th and the 7th of November at Kent Commons, 525 4th Avenue North. And that's in, in uh, Kent, Washington. And also, it'll be Saturday from 10 to 5 p.m. and Sunday from 11 to 5 p.m., I believe, the change of time happens next week. I think it's on Saturday. I think. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, we changed to standard time. So it'll be different both days. So anyway, yeah. And also, Matt, I've also had um, a couple of things with your, um, with your, <laughs> my mind just went blank. Uh, barrel full of monkeys. Thank you. You know, I've done a couple of your books, you know. Um, we, we have two of them out so far, and I have a total of six, and I got a free one that I keep mentioning to yeah. America. Right. Uh, MattShayBooks.net. We have one. Your grandparents can listen to it. Yes. The grandchildren. You could take this one to school. It's that type of story. That's right. Exactly. Okay. And I love it when people write me. I do write back. Thank you. That's awesome. So how much time we got there? Now one minute. Okay. I got to hurry. Okay, so um, if you want to get a hold of Matt, you can get him at mattshaybooks.net or you want to get a hold of me at eileengrimes.com or jupiterrisingshow.com. And next week, as I said, is the Boeing Fair. We will not be in studio. We will have a repeat of the Gustav Holst day when we did an analysis of his chart as well as his music. 
and that will be with Michelangelo No. And then we also have on November 14th, that's Virginia Bell. I think I got to go. Okay. So anyway, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks, okay? And you guys have a great, great two weeks, and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Happy Halloween to everyone. And everybody, too. Yes. Have a great week. Bye-bye. <laughs>